Like my, my entire goal in life is to have Tiana Taylor's abs. I don't know if I'll ever get you there. Could, like grade cheese on those abs. Jeez. Like it is sharp as a <laughs> dang chiseled. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, this is Caitlin. I remembered the name of our podcast this time. I'm very proud of myself. Impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. Yeah, we're really killing it this season. <laughs> we are very excited to be back with a movie that I don't know if there was really any buzz for it. There was barely any marketing. No. I don't think I saw a trailer on TV. I don't nope. think I saw social media posts about mm -hmm. it. And we got really lucky that we have some really good friends that we've made on Instagram mm -hmm. who reviewed it and really loved this movie and suggested that we go see it. Yes. So shout out to Eric, especially. I was going to say, we wouldn't have known about this movie yeah. because I think Eric was the first one that told us about yeah. it. Yeah. He made a post and it was like, this is it. Like, that's yeah. what his words were. And I was like, oh my God, like trust his opinion so we went to go see a thousand and one mm -hmm. which is kind of like from what i can tell from her imdb like a debut feature mm -hmm. for av rockwell mm -hmm. who is a female director yes. which we love and love are excited about it. um it looks like previously she directed a lot of shorts mm -hmm. and music videos okay as a music video aficionado yeah yes. connoisseur i think every gay person is really <laughs> <laughs> you more than others yeah though, because we're both queer right but i would say that you are way more well versed in the music video realm than i'm I am. gonna give a shout out to my friend troy because he really is the one that got me into music videos mm -hmm. also gay um <laughs> <laughs> we worked in the cage which was our college's equipment room um for the film department and mm -hmm. so we basically were in charge of like upkeep and renting out the equipment to students mm -hmm. and Every Friday, we worked the same shift together, and it was basically the whole day, and we watched music videos the entire time. I love that. Sometimes ignoring people. Sure. Like, we, they would come up and be like, hold on one second. Like we, Let's finish this And one. they're like, I have class in 10 minutes. Like, you <laughs> like, need to hurry up. Sorry. And we're just like, you know what? It's, it's Lady Gaga. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we would get equipment requests, like, the day before, and so mm -hmm. we would fill them really quickly and have them piled in stacks around the room. And then so you people, didn't have to do anything. Yeah, and then people, and technically speaking, like you weren't allowed to let students pass the doorway because uh -huh. they weren't trained. And we would just be like, go get your stuff. It's in that corner. And yeah. we're just like glued to the screen watching music videos. I love that. What a fun tradition. But I will say that there's something very special about music videos and that if you can create a really good music video, I feel like that really does translate well into narrative filmmaking. Yeah. For example, the guys who did the everything Daniels. everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. the Daniel directors who did everything everywhere all at once, they were music video directors. Mm -hmm. A.V. Rockwell, also music video director. Yeah. And the star of her movie, 1001, is Tiana Taylor, who was a choreographer and a dancer and a singer. Yeah. Also 
involved in music videos. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that the cinematographer that for this movie, most of his previous work is music videos. Interesting. And so there was something really cool when I was going through the IMDb page for this, like in preparation to see it, I was mm-hmm. like, these are all like either newcomers or people who are new to drama. But like there's that thread of like music videos and choreography and I yeah. loved that going into this. Yeah. And that is interesting because I think, like you said, if you have experience as a singer, as someone who has worked in music videos, mm-hmm. you do have that sort of narrative background. And also it kind of bodes well because I feel like you're all sort of speaking the same language. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which is really cool because I think knowing that now, mm-hmm. like I didn't know that going into the movie. Yeah. So having seen the movie... It makes sense. And also you can kind of tell mm-hmm. based on how things were shot and just sort of how the movie moved around mm-hmm. and how the pacing was. Yeah. It was interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm going to touch into it a little bit more once we get into like the meat and potatoes sure. of the story. But I'm going to quickly say that this movie does require a spoiler, no spoiler mm-hmm. section. So when you hear the elevator music, we will be going into a spoiler section mm-hmm. where we're going to talk about everything that happens in the movie. Please uh, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it separate and we'll make yes. it very clear when we are going to go into the spoiler Very section. clear. So that being said, if you don't mind kicking us off with a quick cast list and spoiler sure. free synopsis for okay so this movie stars tiana taylor Mm -hmm. our lead william catlett and josiah cross Mm -hmm. and then our synopsis unapologetic and free-spirited inez kidnaps her six-year-old son terry from the foster care system they set out to reclaim their sense of home identity and stability in a rapidly changing new york city awesome well because we always start with you Mm mm-hmm what are your thoughts and feelings on A Thousand and One? First and foremost, I thought it was a great film. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I was really captivated, honestly, from the beginning. Uh-huh. I felt like it really held my attention and I was just waiting to see what was going to happen mm-hmm. next. And I thought that it was a great story, but there was kind of several plot points, Yeah, which was interesting. It was very layered. Very, very layered. And I thought it did a pretty good job of telling those stories the only issue that i did have with this movie was a little bit with the pacing Uh uh-huh just of the plot points themselves i thought some of the timing Mm -hmm. was a little bit interesting and we'll kind of i'll talk about that again when we get to the spoiler section because i can't really bring up the specific things that i want to talk about but i just felt like certain things got too much time Mm -hmm. story-wise and then other things didn't get enough time a little glossed over yeah Yeah. i think you could see that it was her first movie Mm -hmm. for sure yeah super strong really incredibly strong and if this is her first like real feature film i can only imagine what she can create from Mm -hmm. here but i felt like there were some scenes that did struggle with pacing Mm -hmm. the dialogue often felt a little overwritten it gave hints of needing an editor with a little bit more experience Mm -hmm. i don't know who she you know sent her script through Mm -hmm. that being said however i think her ability to create 
characters and Mm -hmm. to create distinct motivations and every single person that we met in that story had these like deep and intricate backstories and so where I think A.V. Rockwell struggled a little bit with the writing, Mm -hmm. I think she overcame those struggles with how incredibly well-directed it was. Yes, The editing as well held her back. Mm -hmm. I don't know who edited this. I felt a little bit of that pull, like that drag through some Mm -hmm. scenes where I wanted it to pick up the pace Mm -hmm. a little bit. However, again, this was a masterclass in both world building and character building. A hundred percent. You felt like you were in New York City. Yes. In the 90s and the 2000s. Yes. You felt like you knew these characters. Mm -hmm. And I think the most impressive thing that A.V. Rockwell was able to do in this and that Tiana Taylor was able to do in this was to create this massively complicated character Mm -hmm. that you are both a little afraid of And also inspired by, Mm -hmm. rooting for, and also waiting to see what happens to this person who has made these very questionable and complex choices. Mm -hmm. To have a character that well built for a debut is so impressive because Mm -hmm. really people struggle to make complex characters a lot because either they make someone who is supposed to be likable but really they create this like asshole mm-hmm. and then no one can connect to it and you're just like well they're an asshole why would i root for them right or you create these like godlike heroes that have no faults mm-hmm. and no questionable choices and you're just like yay they killed the bad guy right right <laughs> this is one that really felt like a person i was gonna say not i mean especially her as the main character but every person in this Mm -hmm. film felt like a genuine person yeah that could exist in real life yeah some of the most like you said the most complex character Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. and some of the realist character development that i've seen in a film in a long time in addition to that really impressive like character development was a set of three just truly incredible performances. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to shout out Little Terry because he was yes. so cute. He wasn't the greatest actor for sure, no. but he was adorable. He's precious. But her son, Terry, is played by three different actors at three different ages of his life. Mm-hmm. And Josiah Cross plays 17-year-old Terry. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of the buzz about this movie is about Tiana Taylor, and she definitely deserves her flowers. 100%. Like, it's going to be really difficult for me to not put her in the Oscar picture at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Josiah Cross, though, mm. I was just incredibly moved by him, literally to the point of crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like getting goosebumps yeah. thinking about his performance. I would also say Tiana Taylor's or Inez's love interest, Mm -hmm. um, William Catlett, who plays Lucky. I thought Lucky was an incredibly complex character Mm -hmm. as well. And he gave an amazing performance. But there was something about Josiah Cross that stood out to me almost from the first scene he was in. I was just going to say, the second he was on screen, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) he's here. (laughs) Yeah. Something else I noticed is the like 13 year old. Yeah. Terry was a very forgettable performance. Very, yeah. And also, I didn't feel as connected to his performance to the younger Terry, but Josiah Cross, I felt like completely matched young Terry's energy. Absolutely. And it was like, if Terry was 17, this is what he would be like. Yeah. I think that's why his performance stood out as much Mm -hmm. as it did, because it was like, 
oh shit like he Mm -hmm. he's that little boy there was a scene at the beginning of the movie where inez goes to work and Mm -hmm. terry has to entertain himself for the day Mm -hmm. and he's just rolling around on the floor and on the couch and he's you know playing video games and all that and there was a scene later in the film when inez is talking to the landlord Mm -hmm. and terry's rolling around on the couch and he's a teenager Mm -hmm. but it was like like you said it was looking at you could see these similarities of this little boy mm-hmm. who is now this young adult but like he's still a little boy he's still a little boy yeah. at heart yeah his performance was captivating heartbreaking inspiring all of the words that you can give a performance and i know that it was such a small part of the movie because he is played by three different mm-hmm. actors but I hope he gets some recognition for this movie, too, because I know basically the whole world is singing Tiana Taylor's praises right now. And absolutely, she deserves it. Mm-hmm. Don't want to downplay that. But he deserves a lot of recognition for this, too, because his performance really was the like bleeding heart of this movie. A hundred percent. And you might agree with me. This movie was the closest thing to a novel that I've seen on screen. Yes. Even more so than like movies that are based Based on on novels Mm -hmm. it felt like i was reading a novel but i was just sitting there in a theater watching a movie yeah and it was crazy because there are times where they'll make a novel into a movie and it's not that successful Mm -mm. i completely agree i think it it had that feel to it again because the narrative piece was so strong Mm And I also felt like at times where I was like, this could totally like if you put something up at the end of the credits, I said this was based on a true story. Mm -hmm. I would believe it. Yeah. But like it felt more real than like a movie that you've seen that's based on a true story. Like I don't even know how to explain (laughs) it, but it just felt like this actually happened. And you just have to give credit to like all of the people involved, like A.V. Rockwell and these actors who were just you can tell that they really studied their material Mm -hmm. And not only studied it, but they became these people. And they, at no point did you ever question like the authenticity of these Mm -hmm. characters. There was, even if some dialogue felt forced, you were very quickly pulled back because of their obvious love for the people who they were playing. Yeah. Like you could tell that each actor loved the human that they were playing or portraying, even Mm -hmm. if that human wasn't a real person. A hundred percent. And that through line of acknowledging that people are complex and aren't perfect Mm-hmm. but are still trying to love and to give love and receive love and i mean it was just a it was a really impressive movie to watch i thought because it was so genuine and because it was so real that through line of just the depiction of like the rawness of humanity mm-hmm. and of people still having something in them that's redeemable yeah even if they're a criminal, even if they've done something horrible, right? Like they're still, they're literally just trying to do their best. Yeah. And they are just trying to find love and be loved. Yeah. And I thought that was beautiful. It was interesting. There was like a, a whole separate mm-hmm. story going on about New York City. Yeah. About like the gentrification of yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that at times it was a little disconjointed mm-hmm. just how they introduced like Rudy Giuliani and like the different sort of things that were happening in New York Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting I thought it was cool that they did that and I thought it was important to the story but just how they did it a little bit sometimes broke up Uh the movie for me like you said I think this kind of goes back to it being her first movie 
I think she was trying to do a whole bunch mm-hmm. and it could have been scaled back I think a yeah. little bit some of the New York storyline right but again it's like if that wasn't in there maybe it wouldn't have worked as well yeah you know, maybe it would have been too focused on the characters yeah I agree with you because there was a point where I got a little sick of hearing Rudy Giuliani's voice but that's also yeah. just because like um, just complete transparency I hate the man I thought it was really interesting when she first gets Terry mm-hmm. she very quickly is able to find a job mm-hmm. and find an apartment mm-hmm. and I thought to myself just like immediately thinking I was like you could never do that now no you would have to live with somebody else mm-hmm. you would have to find roommates you would have to find a family to live with something mm-hmm. because right now a single mother could not just go find a job at styling hair and then get a, a one-bedroom apartment no there's no way not in the city yeah <laughs> impossible and so i thought it was really interesting watching her almost struggle more as time went on mm-hmm. as new york changed mm-hmm. and I know we used to live in a part of Charleston that is getting exceptionally gentrified. Mm -hmm. We could feel like ourselves getting priced out Mm -hmm. and we could only imagine what was happening to these very long-term residents who owned these homes in the area Mm -hmm. and the property taxes, I'm sure, were pricing them out of their own homes. Right. And so I can only imagine a place like New York City, which is like triple expensive <laughs> compared yeah. to down here i really thought that storyline was so central to inez and her struggle and i think it was a very real story about how that process has affected families and not just new york but everywhere in america sure. it was interesting to see that because i know ab rockwell's from new york yeah and so it's probably a lived experience mm-hmm. in some ways for her yeah and so i think it is something that is relatable to a lot of people Mm -hmm. but especially to people from New York because it was such a specific time then you know with Giuliani and everything that he did there was a part where it was his voice yeah talking about whatever he was going to be doing and they just showed like an old navy Mm -hmm. uh target like all these like just regular old things that they built up in New York and the city and it was just like Oh, man. Like, that was the downfall (laughs) (laughs) for everyone. I thought one of the most interesting things, which I even said to you in the theater, because we actually had an empty theater, so we were able to kind of, like, mention things throughout, was at the beginning of the film, Inez stays with her friend and her friend's mother. Mm -hmm. And her friend's mother, who is very clearly just a middle-class woman who she's not wealthy by any means, Mm -hmm. is living in a brownstone. Yes. And I was just sitting there thinking, I know now how much brownstones cost. Mm -hmm. And so that process was really interesting to watch Mm -hmm. and to watch the changing of New York as time went on. We even saw like the stop and frisk era, which was Mm -hmm. really interesting. And watching that experience through the eyes of these characters was a really important part of the film. But I agree, occasionally... She used it more as a transition Mm. than she did as a really woven part of the story. I think that's why it felt disjointed for me. Yeah. Because I agree. It was a transition like where it was just like, here's Giuliani's voice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like a picture of Old Navy. Like it was just, it was important, but I agree. Like it was just maybe how she did it Mm -hmm. that didn't 
why work? Yeah. So I definitely agree with you that pacing and transitions were a little rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think we can both agree an incredible film. Definitely. What is your popcorn score? Um, This is a large for me. Yeah. This is definitely a large. I thought it was just so impactful, so inspiring and Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. And just, again, the character development and acting and directing. There was just so much more good. Mm -hmm. Than there was. Than there was bad. I mean, really, if the only two issues we had were the pacing and some of the transitions. Mm -hmm. And often the pacing was because of the transitions. Right. So So, kind of the same issue. Yeah. Um, Besides that, no, I don't have any other critiques about this movie that I can think of. So it's a large for me. It's also a large for me. Whatever issues there are with pacing or occasional dialogue, I am just so impressed by Mm -hmm. the entire team that made this movie. I think the direction, the cinematography, there were scenes that I just like you literally felt like you were in New York, but at that very specific time. Mm hmm. I thought also I want to touch very quickly on the music. Yeah. It was extremely subtle. I don't know how to explain it, but the the music that carried you through the film was New York. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like New York City. And I yeah. don't know how to explain it. I don't know how that's captured in a bottle, but it was. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I have to shout out the soundtrack as well, for sure. Overall, I think it was just an incredibly beautiful movie mm-hmm. that... I really hope doesn't get overlooked during Oscar season. I know. Um, You know, we talked about this in our Oscars episode that the Oscars love overlooking black women. Mm -hmm. And if Tiana Taylor is not nominated, I really... We're going to have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) There's a line that Inez says in the movie where she says, I would go to war for you. Mm -hmm. I will go to war (laughs) for Tiana Taylor. 100%. I really am just so impressed by her performance. And again, there are other performances in this movie as well, like Josiah Cross, that just... I was in awe. I know. Blown away. Are you ready to do spoilers? I'm so ready to do spoilers. Welcome back to the spoiler section of the episode. I'm going to repeat that one more time because this is so important. Yes. This is the spoiler section. There is a massive spoiler that you need to go away from. If (laughs) Do not listen past this point. Do not continue if you plan on seeing this movie without spoilers. That being said, how shocking was that twist? Okay. Truly one of the most shocking twists in a movie. Yeah ever i did not see it coming in the slightest no and that says something yeah you always i always you always can tell Mm -hmm. when something is off or something is amiss in a movie like you can always tell and usually you don't tell me because it pisses me off yeah but this one we genuinely looked at each other and went what and held on to each other the second the counselor says inez is not your biological mother I experienced what you refer to as fear tears. Yes. I have never experienced that before. Okay. When she said that, my eyes welled up and I felt like it was like I was hot. Mm-hmm. And there was like a burning sensation like in my cheeks mm-hmm. and my eyes welled up. And it was just this feeling of complete shock. It was horror. And it like flipped my stomach. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, it's, this is like a 
cheesy bad horror movie that M. Night Shyamalan directed. But do you remember The Visit? <gasps> yes. Whenever they reveal that the grandparents aren't the grandparents. Yes. Like when she's like, those aren't your grandparents. Ugh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. There's something really deeply unsettling mm-hmm. about somebody pretending to be someone else. Yes, it's very disarming. Yeah. And I think what was really the highlight of this movie for me was Terry slash Josiah Cross coming to terms with it mm-hmm. and watching his horror in real time of mm-hmm. sometimes in movies they take the cheap way out with twists and they reveal the twist and then they cut away mm-hmm. so that the audience is the one that feels mm-hmm. the emotions I guess and then we come back to that character after they've processed it. I loved watching Terry process it in real time Mm -hmm. and realizing this person that has given him her everything Mm -hmm. and realizing, holy shit, like this isn't even my mother. Just a woman who kidnapped me. Yeah. Who kidnapped me. Yeah. And then what was really interesting was when he confronts Inez about it. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was a really impressive part of the story was that Inez was waiting for this day. Mm -hmm. She was so cool, calm, collected, and Mm -hmm. was just ready to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. She wasn't shocked. She wasn't angry. Mm -hmm. She was just like, okay, the day's come. Yep. And she's like, let's face the music. Yeah. Again, the master class on complexity was finding out that she kidnapped him, but she kidnapped a child that was wandering a street corner for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And she realized that nobody was coming for him. Mm -hmm. So she she took him. Mm -hmm. Is that a bad thing? Like, (laughs) you know? And I think that was the beauty of this movie was that this was a choice that came from such a good place. Mm -hmm. But it was on paper, the horrifying wrong choice right and terry's response to her where he is like you know you're my mother and this Mm -hmm. is my home and Mm -hmm. like that's my bed and realizing like hey you might not be my biological mother but like in my head you still are i think that was part of the interesting thing too is that inez at that point, also, she has nothing to lose because yeah. her husband is dead. Yeah. Her house is literally falling apart around her and she's basically getting yeah. kicked out of her home that she's lived in for like only place years. she's ever yeah. really owned by herself. Or I guess 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, it's like, yeah, you may as well just know. I thought it was also interesting that the entire time of the movie, she always had her hair done. Mm-hmm. She always had her makeup done. Yeah. She always had her shit together. And by this point, she's unraveled. Yeah. And she looks no makeup. She yeah. looks a mess. Yeah. And she's just like, fuck it. Yeah. And I think she was prepared for him to mm-hmm. reject her and leave her. I think yeah. she had mentally prepared herself yeah. for like the day he finds out is the day I'm going to lose him. And you can see her like putting her armor back on mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, a little cold to yeah. him. And she's waiting for him to tell her off. And he, she's basically like, let me have it. Yeah, almost. Like I deserve it at this point. Yeah. I think what was so interesting about how the end of this movie played out is that that's not what he did Mm -hmm. he processed the fact that this is not his biological mother and basically 
his whole life has been a lie. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, he's a person and he was a literal abandoned child. Yeah. And this person took him in and like you said, did everything for him. Yeah. And their life was not perfect. No. At all. But she afforded him opportunities that he would have never had without her. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to say about a person who is a mother Mm -hmm. versus a person who is a mom. Yeah. And she's his mom. Yeah. You know, and he in that moment is like, I don't really care who you are. Mm -hmm. You're my mom and this is our house. Yeah. And this is our home. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when he says he misses his bed, like I just like fell to pieces because he was like not going to let go of Mm -hmm. his whole life. Yeah with her this person who took care of him the best she could because lord knows she was broken and again she had plenty of faults but she loved him and she took care of him Mm -hmm. and he can't let that go yeah and i think it was so beautiful because she really was prepared for him him to be like fuck you and he didn't do that yeah and you know he goes to his room and he gets his stuff and he goes and he sits on the couch with her Mm -hmm. and he holds her hand And it was just like my heart like shattered into a million pieces. Yeah. Because in that moment, you just see them like clinging to each Mm -hmm. other and knowing that like moving forward, everything is changed. Yeah. But it's like holding on to what you've always known. Mm -hmm. And it was just so poignant. Like I just... I don't know. I didn't see the twist and I didn't see it ending how it ended. Yeah. I also thought that it was interesting because one of the through lines between Terry and Inez's relationship was that Terry being a young boy was really infatuated with his stepfather, Mm -hmm. who is um, Inez's boyfriend, Lucky, Mm -hmm. who becomes her husband. And he really looks up to him. Mm -hmm. And we get these little pockets of their relationship growth Mm -hmm. throughout time. And we see that even if Inez and Lucky are struggling... Mm Lucky loves Terry and Mm -hmm. takes care of him and Mm -hmm. protects him. And I think there was this one scene where Terry says, like, even more than wanting a mother, I always wanted a father. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was super interesting that at the end of the movie, I think Terry slowly realizes, like, everything that Inez did for him, Mm -hmm. where, you know, he had this kind of hero worship of Lucky. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting how at the end at Lucky's funeral, there's a woman standing across the street Mm -hmm. and she's holding a little girl. Mm -hmm. And Terry looks at Inez and is like, who is that? And just as chill as could be, as chill as a cucumber, Inez goes, that's Lucky's daughter and and her mother. Mm -hmm. Fix them a plate. And walks inside. Yeah. (laughs) And you see Terry, like you said, Terry had built up this image of Lucky in his head of like, he's his father. He's this perfect man. And in that moment, you see Terry's face and you see him, his face fall. Yeah. Because he realizes that maybe Lucky wasn't so great after all. But he also, (laughs) I think in that moment, realizes how much Inez protected him. Mm -hmm. She protected the image of Lucky for him. She could have easily been like your father's a piece of shit he cheated on me he had a you know a daughter and all of this stuff and she didn't do that she kept lucky's integrity especially in death where she respected this woman Mm -hmm. and allowed her 
you know, into this party and basically into their home. Yeah, (laughs) into their home. And I thought that was probably beyond Josiah's performance. I thought that was my favorite part of this movie was watching Inez love people in her own way. Mm -hmm. She's very clearly hardened by the life that she has had. Mm Mm-hmm. But regardless of her very questionable choices, which they don't shy away from, you know, the movie, even the counselor that initially talks to Terry says, you know, if you were placed in a foster care, there was a reason for that. Right. (laughs) And she said that straight up. And I think even though we see Inez make these really sometimes bad, sometimes morally gray, sometimes, Mm. you know, we watch her make all these choices. But at the end of the day, she loves her people. Yeah. Which I can relate to. I'm not the softest person. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it, You know, I grew up in a not super like affectionate household. We weren't, mm-hmm. we didn't talk about our feelings very often. My brothers and I often resorted to physical violence to solve our problems. Sure. We were not a cushy little fam. Right. Very big Catholic and angry, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think a lot of people can relate. Sure. And as time has gone on, I have softened, mm-hmm. certainly, with some help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, even though I absolutely did not grow up in New York and I did not have a hard life, I could certainly relate to Inez in so many ways mm-hmm. of watching her struggle with like her own emotions and how to deal with them and mm-hmm. her own anger for what life has given her, but mm-hmm. also her resilience. That being said, please go see this movie. Please see this movie. <laughs> There's not a lot of time left. It did come out a little while ago. Please see it. If it starts streaming soon, please stream it. Um, I think this is something that deserves attention for sure. Absolutely. Not to mention, you also get to hear absolutely wonderful New York accents through the yes, entire movie. Incredible. I love a New York accent. Me too. Like truly one of my favorite accents in all of America. Same, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> well, that does it for us. We aren't quite sure yet what the next episode will be. We are on our little staycation, our spring break staycation. So Mm -hmm. we haven't really put a lot of thought into it, to be honest. But we will post on our Instagram uh, what the next episode will be sometime next week. But I hope you all have a great weekend. Go see 1001. Please bring tissues and see it in the middle of the day. Yeah, see it in the middle of the day so you can leave and have sunshine and do something fun for yourself (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) It's a little draining, but in the best way possible. In the absolute best way. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the ride home.